0: Sunil, thank you so much for joining us today. As we start, can you talk a little bit about your current role and what's in your purview?
1: Sure. So currently I'm the Chief Information Security Officer here Mm -hmm. at Glean. Mm -hmm. Glean is an enterprise search and a knowledge management software. Think about it as uh, Google for your enterprise, where through a single interface, you can search all Mm -hmm. the data sources within an enterprise, be it Slack, be it G Suite, Office 365, Jira, what Mm -hmm. have you, and also including your on-prem data sources. So a single interface for all your enterprise data.
0: And what's in your program, meaning what what kind of teams are reporting to you?
1: Yeah, I'm responsible for all aspects of security. Mm -hmm. So which would be corporate security at one end, uh, application security, infrastructure security, compliance, Mm -hmm. and also Pretty unique, you know. Something that I always insist when I take up this roles is also have a part of product security. What I mean by product security is uh, developing security products. So, you know, that is kind of unique to me. You know, my started as a security engineer where I used to develop security software, and I did that for a good fifteen years. Mm-hmm. And when I decided to kind of change sides come on this side where I'm more of a consumer of security software rather than a producer. I just Mm -hmm. didn't want to lose my edge of Mm -hmm. creating security software. So every time I take on a CISO role or a head of security role, I make sure that security is a very important component. Plus it is not just a cost center, but also a revenue generator.
0: Mm -hmm. Interesting. So uh, is it part of the offering to uh, the the clients? So essentially, you're creating security products that become part of the product that that your clients are paying uh, uh, paying for.
1: Exactly. So <laughs> you know in addition to enterprise search, one thing that we also do, just because we are connected to all the various data sources, the obvious thing that we do is allow our customers to detect sensitive content. you know, if they have shared, you know, their customer's PII in a Slack channel, Mm you know, because we are already indexing all that information to provide them with the search. For us, it's relatively easy Mm -hmm. for us to search for sensitive content, be it PII, PHI, or any other sensitive content, and then bubble it up to the security admin so that they can take the next step of actually, you know, preventing it, deleting it, uh, whatever be the next steps.
0: Certainly. Interesting. And you mentioned you, uh, in the past, you you worked for quite some time developing security products. Uh, if we kind of take a step further uh, back, how did you get into cybersecurity space? What's kind of, what's the tra- tra- trajectory? Where did it start?
1: Yeah, so started my career as a software engineer way back, in you know, mid-90s. I'm definitely dating myself. And then, you know, one thing I always liked was you know, cryptography and the challenges that come with developing a security software, you know, with, soft, uh, with g- generic software development, not to say anything bad about it, you generally tend to focus on the happy parts. With security software, you definitely focus on the happy part, but you also are constantly thinking that how would the attacker try to subvert your system? And that challenge, you know, really excited me so and that's when you know I decided to more focus on companies that are developing security software. Started my career with a lot of doing PKI, public key infrastructure, and cryptography mm-hmm. initially, and then slowly, you know, moved the, uh, through the entire stack. You know, I've done layer two firewalls, you know, in within the Linux kernel, mm-hmm. and also done web application security in the terms of developing software. As to how do you protect yourself, even if you have vulnerable web application, how can you protect yourself? So kind of done the entire spectrum of things, and it is during this development process where you know my customers would often be CIOs and CISOs. and you know in that interaction, you know I would always try to put myself in their shoe as to what are the biggest challenges they need to solve, what kind of solution they are looking for. And, you know, while doing that during, you know, my 15 years, first 15 years of my career, I developed a good appreciation for their work. And that's where in the last five to seven years, I've kind of come onto the other side that, hey, I do understand everything that they have to go through. Why not, you know, I try to tackle that problem myself.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And well, and to your point, uh, it's uh, it's interesting that, so basically, you uh, you went from being a software engineer to, to developing cybersecurity products to being not only the developer, but also consumer of uh, cybersecurity. Uh, I mean, you, you, I'm sure you deal with cybersecurity vendors as well. Um, you, so you've seen kind of how the industry evolved and developed over time, and obviously, it's uh, it, it's clear that it's it just as a concept, it, it's exploded in its importance uh, in a way that now everyone is aware from from high level uh, board of directors, C level executives, all the way to consumers. I, I think it just it's top of mind for a lot more people than it used to be. I think maybe just be- because of technology playing such a substantially bigger part. In all our lives, and also powering enterprises uh, in a much more profound way than was the case I mean, ten years ago, twenty years ago, and as a result, the the threats exploded as well. Um, I think as a result, a lot more people are looking to either switch from from technology to cybersecurity, or me- maybe even uh, kind of their more junior roles, even students looking at the space and and. Figuring out if they want to make a career out of this, from your vantage point and with your experience, what do you what do you recommend? Uh, what some of the let's say what are the top three things a more junior professional or a student at a college should focus on to set them up for success uh, in cybersecurity as a practitioner? So one thing, you know, I would say is security.
1: It's a mindset. So you know they should do get into cybersecurity, not because it is cool, not because there's job, uh, job safety, but because they like the mindset of someone who likes to be on the defensive, trying to protect the critical infrastructure from the bad guys. And always be thinking two steps ahead as to how, uh, the steps that they're taking could potentially be subverted. So if they think that they have that mindset, then those individuals will do really well in cybersecurity. And we need many of those. And once they have decided that that is a challenge that they want to take on and spend decent amount of their career doing that, then one place that I always tell them that a good way to get started is there are many bug bounty platforms. Sign up for one of those. Try to see that can you play the role of an attacker and once you find a vulnerability, actually make a recommendation as to how to defend against that attack that you just exploited. Can you play both the sides of the coin? If you think you can do that effectively, then you have a pretty good career in cybersecurity. Interesting.
0: Yeah, there's a number of companies, uh, I think Bugcrowd Crowd is one of them, Hacker One, there's a handful of them that are kind of... Uh... Uh, it's it's a community but also a way for companies to sign up send themselves up for a program like this and uh, and do so in a fairly safe way without opening them up to um absolutely actions less than friendly um that's, I think it's a great suggestion um so going back to vendors you you've seen both uh, the cybersecurity vendor side and and now you as a practitioner, I think as you mentioned, you you, you saw both sides of the coin. Um every time we bring the, the subject of vendors often it evokes a very visceral reaction. Um sometimes CISOs they say, well, I, I don't use email, I only use Slack. My email does exist, but I never I never open it because it's just so overrun with Solicitations from vendors. Someone else uh, we talked to said, uh, "My phone is on silent from Friday, from Monday morning until Friday afternoon. My phone is on silent because it's just imp- impossible to get any work done. I constantly get calls." So um, it, again, you kind of you've seen both sides of the coin. What are some of the ways you think uh, uh, in in kind of your last time six months, maybe a year? What are some of the ways that cybersecurity vendors surprise you on a positive side? And what are some of the pet peeves? What are some of the ways that they're most um too aggressive and too uh overwhelming in terms of how they approach practitioners, you think?
1: Yeah, so I would say I'll start with the second part of your question. And I agree with everything the other CISOs have said. And I unfortunately have to do similar things. I just pretty much never pick up my phone eight to five or you know, look at my emails very much for the same reasons. And I would say, you know, most of the vendors, the way they're approaching is they have some, you know, a solution to sell. And they're so focused on their own solution um, that they're forgetting that what's the top of mind issue for the person on the other side, you know, for the seesaw. So, and that is, you know, I do work with some vendors. I do try to help them out because as I said, I have been on the other side. Um, And many a times they miss the mark. You know, they are so busy thinking about how great a solution that they have developed that they forget, you know, what is it that the CISO actually needs to make sure that they can keep things secure. So I do work with vendors, try to tell them that, you know, this is how, These are the features that I would like in their product. And these are the things that they should position. These are the things they should focus on. Many of the products, they might be the best products. If it requires me to spend a month or two months just to do a POC, it's quite unlikely. Because coming from my point, I do not know about that vendor. I do not know what they can do. I'm not ready to commit one month or two months of my engineer's resources. The time to value is what they got to focus on. So I do work with the vendors trying to nudge them in a direction that would make them a little bit more palatable to potential consumers like myself Mm when they go knocking on someone else's door.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Um, And I guess on the other side, what are some of the ways that vendors kind of amazed and delighted you in the next uh, in the last six months, maybe two years. What, what some of the things that they uh, event without naming names you don't have to name uh, who they were but what are some of the ways they approached you that you thought was very thoughtful
1: Yeah and I would say as you know in the security industry you know there's been a big proliferation there are many many tools out there you know there's a tool for every small security problem. And what has happened is now a CISO has deployed N number of tools. None of those tools work together very well. And you know, each one of them have their own dashboard. I would say the last couple of years, I've started seeing vendors who are just not focusing on point products. You, know, you, you deploy a product. I came across a vendor where I could deploy the product. Within half an hour, I could start seeing Value and they replaced six or seven different vendors within my portfolio. So I would say tool consolidation is a big thing that many of the vendors should start focusing on. And they may not be the best of breed in everything that they do, but if they are 80%, 90% there, and if they can take care of five to 10 tools that I'm already using and over a period they keep on improving, I would say that's music to my ears.
0: Yeah, because you'll be looking at one dashboard instead of five or six. Exactly.
1: And not everyone should insist on having their own dashboard because eventually, you know, we uh, in the security industry, we need to come up with a mechanism where, you know, a data from one security tool can be seamlessly shared with another security tool. We need to standardize on the contracts that each of the security tool need to confirm to a contract so that eventually we can consolidate all the data into a single platform and get a lot more meaning out of it and view, uh, look at one dashboard versus N number of dashboards.
0: Certainly. And is it going to be done through APIs uh, so that different solutions can be reconfigured like lego blocks you can pick and choose but all of them should be talk, should be on some sort of one uh format one protocol that allows them to talk to each other in secure ways is that the the future that yeah the,
1: yeah the my ideal state would be through standardized apis and standardized schemas mm-hmm. where each of the product is required to produce and consume from each other so Mm -hmm. uh, exactly as you said as lego blocks so that you know uh, CISO can put all of them together and it works cohesively which is not happening right now we have I would say some solutions where you can take all the data and put it into a sim but that operates at a log level and again then you're relying on the sim to make sense out of all the data that is all the logs that are coming in but you know, there's no formalized process, and we in the security industry, we got to do that.
0: I understand. Sounds like an opportunity for for someone to consolidate, and uh, it's it's interesting to see what what's happening now because it's it's certainly there are certainly some headwinds, uh, in in terms of the economy and the financial markets. Uh, it it's it will be interesting to see in the remainder of the year how those unicorn startups are going to fare in this kind of environment and whether or not. Larger and highly acquisitive companies like Palo Alto uh, Networks or or Fortinet or Checkpoint, if they will take advantage of uh, the times, I guess, and scoop up some of those startups and and come up, as you said, with a more unified dashboard, bringing a lot of different offerings under kind of one umbrella. I think that that's that's um, it, it remains to be seen, obviously, but it's one theme that. I wonder how it's going to play out. What are your thoughts on that? No, I absolutely
1: agree. And I think, as I said, tool consolidation is top of mind. A lot of the big security companies will acquire, you know, the companies where they might have potentially have gaps. However, I just want to reiterate that point that does not obviate the need that, you know, if I have Palo Alto, that I might not have some offering from Checkpoint. I might still have it. So, the burden is still onto those big security companies to make sure that they do interoperate well Certainly. with each
0: other. Certainly, no, it makes a lot of sense. Um, so, switching switching back to uh, um, bad guys, uh, it seems like every now and then there is kind of a new new theme, new. I mean, scare probably not the right term, but new top-of-mind threat um, and it seems like ransomware is top of mind right now, um, among among a few others. Um, imagine you have a crystal ball and you can see into the future and so 12 months from now, what are the top three cybersecurity challenges you think will be top of mind for, for CISOs? I would say
1: with all the advancements that are happening, especially around generative AI, you you must have heard about many of those. Mm-hmm. There are many, many good use cases. Unfortunately, you know, bad actors also would take advantage of all the advancements. Now I'm afraid, you know, the script kiddies will use things like chat GPT or copilot to actually develop very pointed attacks. So yes, ransomware, phishing, all those attacks, we'll, we'll see more of those. Uh, more so because of the hybrid uh, work environment. Now they will become even more difficult to track because you know every bad actor out there now has the tools to create very dedicated spear phishing campaign. And you know, gone are the days when you know you can look at the English and say, "Hey, this person seems to be from Nigeria," you know, trying to carry out a phishing attack. Because now that person has access to all the tools that you and I have to compose a pretty nice paragraph you know more targeted uh, towards uh, Misha. so that's one class of attacks that i would say we'll see more of similarly even malware uh, because of ability to create codes um, so much faster um, we will see many of those so all the signature based solutions all the antivirus anti malware you know those will pretty much become more- Obsolete and more behavioral-based solution will become more prevalent in order to protect.
0: Uh, interesting. It's uh, it seems like well the the two things I'm realizing about cyber security one it's an it, it's an ever changing landscape and ever moving target uh, and also it's a team sport so it's uh, obviously. Coordinating with government authorities, um, I know there are, there are certain agencies that are very active in uh, sharing information uh, about some of the threats that they see with uh, with corporations um, and some kind of, and some associations, uh, industry associations as well. Well, uh, Athena, one of the mandates is to bring together cybersecurity professionals for various purposes. Uh, career networking, and professional networking as well. And um, obviously, well, there is the weekly uh, email newsletter, and there, there, there is a membership website. We're recently in the process of launching the Slack channel. And uh, some of our initiatives are successful, and we get good response and good traction. Others, a little bit less so. so from your perspective, what are the, some of the things that um, you think we're doing well? And where you think we can improve? So I have looked at some of the
1: newsletters. I have seen, you know, some of the videos of other CISOs mm-hmm. that you do include. I did view some of them because I like to, as you said, professionally network, try to see what other CISOs are thinking, what's top of mind. As you said, it is a team sport. You know, the bad actors, are working together. You know, you can today you can go to the dark web and buy an SDK, which carries out the most sophisticated attack for less than 5K. The bad actors are working together. You know, now it's the time for all the good guys to come together and work together and do the, uh, share the intel. That's one thing. Other thing is I'm a big believer in crowdsourcing. Again, we need all the good guys to come together. That's why I mentioned the bug bounty program and those platforms where now the good guys can help improve the security of each and every company out there. And together we got to fight against the bad guys because this is not a single company thing.
0: Certainly. Certainly. And, but, uh, in terms of specific tactic, specific ways for Finia to, uh, enable that. I do you think what kind of formats you think uh, will be more successful in accomplishing this goal? I, do you think we should host more face-to-face local events, which we kind of started late last year? Do you think it's it will be Slack channel? Do you think it will be um, Zoom calls focused on specific areas, where, whether it's social engineering or ransomware or zero trust or what have you? What are your thoughts on- I would what- say pretty
1: much all of them, everything would have value. You know, bring uh, all the security professionals together uh, in an informal environment where people can talk about their top of mind issues. They can talk about how they are actually solving them, where this information could be exchanged. Slack channels where, you know, issues when they come up, you know, every day I have to tackle some unique problem that I've not tackled before. You know, I am part of certain CISO networks where I do reach out to the broader network, posing the questions and seeking feedback. More of that would definitely be valuable for me. Slack channel where all the security professionals, all the CISOs could be there. And, you know, we could just have, you know, open-ended questions and discussions. And I would say if uh, you guys do some due diligence on vendors, as you know, you know, everyone gets pinged by many, many vendors. And every time you've got to spend a lot of effort, if you are looking for a solution for a particular problem, there are N vendors. And out of N vendors, you at least choose five that you would go through the due diligence. If there is already a list of vendors that have been vetted by your peer community that you trust, and that can be shared, that would have immense value.
0: Absolutely, I think it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I think obviously, well, there's Gartner with Magic Quadrants, there is G2 Crowd with a different model of sourcing their insights with, um, I, I get mixed reviews, I hear mixed reviews about them. But, it, but I think what you mentioned is actually makes a lot of sense, but it's also contextual, right? So uh, what is important and, and vital for CD group the needs of of an organization, the size of Bank of America or Citigroup may be very different versus local credit union, both are in financial services, both are dealing with uh, personally identifiable information and and, uh, financial records and money, just a different scale. So uh, as as a vendor or solution that will be appropriate for Citigroup, maybe not appropriate for a credit union. So I think it's all those recommendations we need to be context aware. a forum where you can say, "Hey, um, I'm this size organization, this industry. I'm trying to narrow down the universe of vendors in particular solution. Let's say um, user training or um, you know, email protection. Help me help me identify five I, I need to talk to and 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 tell me the good, the bad, and the ugly about those five. Hearing from someone who's a peer of someone." an organization of similar size, similar industry, hearing from an executive who who has already gone through those steps, I think will be valuable because not only will be providing insights about vendors, but also be very contextual, relevant to that person's uh, particular circumstances and and organization.
1: Correct. And one key part that you mentioned was uh, definitely someone the same size appear, but someone who actually can provide real feedback. You know, not that someone has just looked at the slideware or the marketing material, but they've actually deployed it and have real-world experience with that particular product. Certainly, those are the kind of insights that you know uh, would be helpful for me.
0: Certainly. Well, Sunil, I I appreciate your feedback because we're kind of constantly trying to listen to the community and see what makes sense. Because uh, also, obviously, we don't want to create something that no one uses because it would be wasteful. We don't want to waste everyone's attention and. And our resources, so obviously, want to put something out that's that's valuable, that 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 uh, enables members to connect and share. So, would love to get your feedback on on some of the new initiatives and on, on the Slack channel and how to structure it in a way that members will find it useful. So, if it's okay, I'd love to reach out uh, separately, I guess, and and, and gets sp- if, if there are specific product questions, I'd love to get your feedback. Absolutely, I know coming up on time um, last a couple of questions, uh, we are considering hosting uh, informal or maybe more formal events at, at RSA that's coming up in April in San Francisco and potentially Black Hat that's usually in August in Las Vegas. Are, are you attending any large-scale conferences or uh, you prefer to uh, use your your personal network?
1: Yeah. No, so I do plan to attend RSA. Uh, I'm in Bay Area, so RSA conference is definitely something quite reachable. And I haven't made my plans yet for Black Hat, but I will definitely look it up.
0: Excellent. Well, I certainly hope we'll connect uh, face-to-face at RSA because uh, that's the one we're definitely going to. I know, again, we're coming up on time. Samuel. So thank you so much for uh, for taking time for this. Where can um, uh, our listeners find you? Are you on LinkedIn, Twitter? What's what's the best mode to, to reach out? To? Uh, LinkedIn. Excellent. So you know, thank you so much. This was this was awesome. Absolutely. Thank you, Michelle.